This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all know that our mental health needs to be a priority, but what are you doing to ensure that? Personally, I've started therapy in 2020, as I have shared openly on this show, and it has made such a difference for me. I think anyone can benefit from therapy, but especially as many listeners of this podcast are special needs parents, we definitely need to take care of ourselves in order to best take care of our children. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Adventures in Autism listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash adventures in autism. That's betterhelp.com slash adventures in autism. Adventures in Autism, episode 172. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming back to the show. And today I am going to be coming at you with another installment of Hot Topics. And I haven't done a Hot Topic episode in a while, but this one has been highly requested since I had started the Hot Topic series. And today I'm going to be talking all about our medication journey with Logan, which I have been wanting to do this episode for quite a while. And like I said, a lot of people have asked about it, but I was hesitant because I really wanted to wait until A, we had some real experience with medications um, because when I say journey, it is a journey. And also I wanted to wait until I felt like we were really in like a solid place with the medications. And spoiler, it's been like over two years <laughs> of this roller coaster journey of ups and downs, a lot of downs. Um, and I feel like we finally now are in a good place and I feel really, you know, comfortable talking about this and sharing and just that, you know, we have definitely made some progress in terms of medications. I do want to give a disclaimer before I start. So if you are a newer listener of the podcast, I decided to start this hot topic series because I get a lot of messages from parents, listeners of the show, and they will say things like, do you have an episode about potty training? Do you have an episode about IEPs? Do you have an episode about AAC? Like the kind of hot topics and quotes that, you know, you hear a lot in the autism community that we all have a lot of questions and things to say about. So these topics come up in so many episodes, like with my guests, or I have shared on our kind of life update episodes, sort of, you know, what's been going on in the moment as as these things come up. But I didn't have a particular episode necessarily dedicated to these topics. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this hot topic series. And really, this is not meant to be any of these any of these hot topics are not meant to be taken as like solid advice or how to guides or you know what you should definitely do this is really me just sharing like my perspective on these topics so the ones that i mentioned i think are all ones that i have done episodes on maybe not potty training um although that's obviously a hot topic if i have i should go back and see if i if I've done a, a potty training episode, but I know for sure I've done IEPs, AAC, ABA, um, challenging behaviors. D- again, just like anything that is considered sort of a hot topic or things that, you know, people really talk about a lot or have questions about. 
And if you have a suggestion for a hot topic, send it my way. Um, I definitely, I have a, a list. So I have some other that are in, in the works. But like I said, this is one that I've been wanting to do for a while. It's been requested since the beginning. And I just didn't really feel like we were ready to do a whole episode about it until now. So especially when it comes to medications, I definitely don't want anyone to listen to this and think, oh my gosh, I have to put my child on this particular medication or I need to do this. This is really all about, as you'll hear from our journey, what is best for your child, what your child's you know, doctor thinks is good, finding the right doctor. These are all things that I have I mean, I think I I knew, but it has been really instilled in me since we have been on this journey. I also am hesitant to give out the names of the like exact medications that Logan is on because, again, every child is so different. Every child's behaviors and needs and challenges and strengths are all different. So I don't even think the medication itself is necessarily like the most important thing is like, like a specific medication, like what Logan is taking, because what works for him could very well not work for your child. And we've actually had that happen with many a medication. Many, many were names were floating out there. People would tell me, Oh, my child is on this and it's great. We tried it with Logan. It was a no go. So really I think it's best, like the number one thing, and I'll get into this is really finding a doctor that you trust because hearing from someone like, oh, so-and-so's kid is on this and it's great is, I think, like, not important at all because what works for so-and-so's kid, it's, I mean, I I, I don't know, it's possible it could work for your kid, <laughs> but you just never know. So I'm not going to give out specific names. If you are curious and would like to know, you can uh, send me an email or DM me and I will share the names with you privately. Um, but I just don't feel it's like super responsible to be like throwing out the names of medications. Um, and again, just this whole episode, this is just our journey, my perspective on our journey. And I do think it's important to share. I like hearing this from other people. I was literally just having this conversation with a friend of mine a few days ago talking about different medications and whatnot. Um, and I do get, a, anytime I mention medications on the podcast, I get a lot of questions. So I'm really excited to finally be doing this episode. I did put up a question box on Instagram and I did get some specific questions. So I think I'll kind of answer those as I go because a lot of them were similar. Um, but maybe I'll go back at the end and, and see if there was any I didn't cover that I can that I can get into now. Okay, so to get started with this medication journey... One of the most popular questions that I got was, at what age did we start medications? So this was a little over two years ago when Logan was seven. And I will say we probably for at least a year before that, maybe even two years, were thinking that we were headed in that direction. But what I will say is that when Logan, right before he turned seven, we had to get a updated evaluation for insurance purposes um, of his diagnosis, which again is very silly because autism is not a diagnosis that goes away, but the insurance we had at the time, they required an updated diagnosis and evaluation every three years. So the good thing that came from that was we were able to go to a neuropsychiatrist this time, or not psychiatrist, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? We did not see, like the, his initial diagnosis when he was four was from a developmental pediatrician. And this time we saw a neuropsychologist, that's the word I'm looking for, a neuropsych. And we felt like it was a, it was a great evaluation. Logan didn't necessarily perform, which we were kind of expecting. And in many ways it, it was rough, but I felt like the neuropsych was, was good. And she gave us a lot of great information. She also at that time gave Logan a diagnosis of ADHD. We talked about anxiety. She didn't necessarily feel like it was appropriate at that time to give Logan a separate anxiety diagnosis because autism so often kind of comes along with anxiety. So even though he was displaying some anxiety at that time, 
she wasn't necessarily ready to make that like firm diagnosis. And I understood because Logan's anxiety, which I'll talk more about this, it's it's not like an everyday thing. It's not all the time. We kind of go through seasons with anxiety. And I've talked about this before in the show, but there can be times where we go a month or even two months and he's having anxiety attacks every day. And then he will not have one for six months. So his anxiety is definitely, um, it's, it's something that we comes up, you know, often enough that I, I feel like he definitely has some type of anxiety disorder, but it's not, it's not like an everyday occurrence. So like I said, he got the diagnosis of ADHD, which again, he probably could have gotten that at his, his initial evaluation when he was four, but so many things are, it's, it's difficult when kids are so little and he, you know, he was four years old. So he was like a rambunctious, you know, basically toddler at that time, preschooler. And the doctor that diagnosed him was like, it's very likely he has ADHD, but I think it's better to get that diagnosis a little down the road. So at the time that he got the diagnosis for ADHD, when he was seven, it was like abundantly clear to us that he had ADHD. We had not only just like the difficulty with, you know, focus and attention, but for sure the hyper. And the thing with Logan is that when he is is hyper, it oftentimes just like escalates, escalates. He never really crashes. He just continues to escalate. And sometimes that hyperactivity can turn into anxiety because it's like that energy is just like bubbling up and bubbling over and it turns into like nervous energy. So that was why I had really pushed for the anxiety diagnosis, or I'm sorry, the ADHD diagnosis, because again, even though we didn't get the anxiety diagnosis, to me, they really kind of go like hand in hand. And really autism also goes hand in hand with these things. It's so common for a child with autism to also have ADHD and anxiety, triple A, you know, we got the whole, the, the, the trifecta. So once he got the ADHD diagnosis, we felt comfortable at that point moving forward with starting medication. And like I said, we had been talking about this for a while because he definitely was so hyper. He had a lot of issues focusing and it seemed to be just, you know, becoming more of an issue, not necessarily getting better with age, but really becoming like more of an issue with age. So initially we did go to Logan's pediatrician which this was another question that I definitely got asked. And it was, do did we use a regular pediatrician to prescribe? Did we see a developmental pediatrician or a psychologist um, or a psychiatrist? And I will say, so initially we did go to his pediatrician. I love Logan's pediatrician. She is definitely not an autism expert, which really, unless you're seeing like a developmental pediatrician or a pediatrician that like has uh, actual like training and has more info in autism. I don't think any pediatrician is. That might be like a really bold thing to say, but we have seen, she's probably our fifth pediatrician and none of them, I would say, were experts. No, I, I wouldn't even say that the ones that we saw before her, I felt like didn't even have like a baseline knowledge of autism. I think they knew what autism was and I think they knew like the very basics of autism. But we had a hard time with pediatricians up until his current doctor, who she sees all three of my kids, because I felt like the doctors that we had seen prior weren't even necessarily open to what I had to say about Logan and, you know, the fact that he had autism and how that pertained to just him as a person. And that was a struggle. So obviously kids need pediatricians, you know, whether they have autism or not, there's going to be times where, you know, your kid is sick and you got to take him to the doctor. You got to take him for regular checkups just to keep them healthy. But I think like that is what pediatricians are for. They are for typical kids to keep them healthy at a very basic level. Um, again, I have a different perspective on things. Logan also, this is a couple years ago, but he was hospitalized for an infection in his foot. I was kind of appalled at just the medical community <laughs> um, in in just their their lack of knowledge when it came to autism or dealing with an autistic child. 
that could be another episode on itself. I have talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but truly it's, it's amazing what these, you know, medical professionals know and really don't know about autism. So that being said, I really like Logan's pediatrician. She really does listen to me. I think she is great with Logan. She definitely takes him into account, but again, Logan is non-speaking, so we can't always rely. We obviously, we can't necessarily rely on what he says. So we go so much off of how he's acting, how he's looking, how he's eating. And she, like I said, she really listens to me and really takes that into account. So I didn't really know what I was doing when it came to medications. And I thought, okay, we'll just start with a pediatrician. He was kind of due for uh, his seven-year-old checkup anyway. I thought we'll start here and see what happens. So she put him on, I will just say a very common AD or ADHD medication. And she was like, okay, we will, we'll start with this. And again, very common. I, I was not surprised when she said that name and I thought, okay, that sounds, that sounds fine. I will say my younger brother who I've mentioned on the podcast before, he was diagnosed with ADD in like the early nineties. He also was on this medication and it worked great for him. So I thought, okay, we'll, we'll start with that and see what happens. The other thing with medication that we have had some issues with is getting Logan to actually take the medication. <laughs> so we have done a variety of things. This at the time that we started with was a chewable tablet. And that actually was pretty good for Logan. I did find a little bit later on after he'd been taking this for a couple months, there were times when he would put it in his mouth. I would think, okay, he took it. I would walk away. And then I would sometimes find like a half dissolved tablet on the floor somewhere. So got to be careful with those little stingers, especially Logan. He is a slippery little sucker and he is very smart. So if he doesn't want to do something, he's not going to do it. And he's going to do it in a slick way that you wouldn't even know. So we started with that medication and really didn't see a difference. So we upped it. Even with that higher dose, didn't really see a difference. So we upped it. This, I'm saying this all like it was quickly this happened over like months. This is if I have like any advice to say to anyone, I don't know, maybe you'll get lucky and you'll hit the jackpot in the first try. As I said, this has been a over two year journey for us and it has been a slow process with all of this because understandably so the doctors want to start these kiddos out, especially, you know, they're young kids. We don't want to go crazy. These are like these are pretty heavy duty medications. These are all considered like controlled substances. So we would always start Logan at like the lowest dose. Logan also is a small kiddo. He's tall, but he does not weigh much. So, you know, you that definitely something to consider. So we always would start him at a really low dose. So even like working our way up, it would take quite a while. So speaking of him being small, that was another thing that really kind of factored into what we wanted to try because there are a lot of medications out there for ADHD or ADD that can affect appetite. You guys probably know what I'm talking about. There are kids that abuse these medications. I shouldn't say kids, but you know, like young adults or like teenagers that abuse these medications um, because they will use them for all, all types of things. But there's there's a big one that I know of that a lot of people use because it's it can be like an appetite suppressant and people will use it inappropriately for weight loss. But obviously with a kid like Logan, we were just concerned because he already is technically underweight. We did not want him to be on a medication that was going to, you know, affect his appetite. And we're, we're always really watching for him because he is, he's just, he's a scrawny kid. And honestly, he's really, he's, long and lean. Any of the pediatricians we've worked with have never been like terribly concerned about Logan's size because he is always growing and has, especially these past couple years, really has like a, a good, decent appetite and just a great variety in his diet that took forever to get to. Picky eating honestly could be a, a hot topic too, as I'm talking about this. So many hot topics, but we were cognizant of that when, when looking at these medications. So there are a couple that are definitely known to affect appetite. And we didn't, we did not want to go down that route unless we felt like we needed to. And thankfully we, we haven't really had to do that. So 
like I said, we upped the, the medication a few times, still working with this pediatrician, and just were not seeing results. So his pediatrician said, I'm going to consult a pharmacist and see what they think because we were also concerned about having Logan take the medication. Like I said, the chewable tablet was fine, but a lot of these come in like not just a tab form, like a typical pill, but in more of like a capsule where they have like the little tiny, tiny little like pellets on the inside. And some kids do great with those. You can put it on like applesauce or yogurt or whatever, and they can just eat it like that. Logan does not eat yogurt. He really doesn't eat any soft food. So we did actually try a medication like that and I could not get it into him. I could mix it into a drink, but what what ended up happening is he would crunch those little pebbles and you know, some medications it's like you really, I mean, really all medications you should take as directed, but you'll hear we did have to get creative with some of these meds. Um, so that was not going to work though, because these pellets, they could not be like broken up or crunched on because they were like extended release formula. And when you do that, you're getting like too high of the concentration at that time. So we knew that those would not work for him. So she consulted a pharmacist and honestly, this all was happening kind of at the same time as I was talking to Logan's BCBA at the time. And she said that another kiddo she worked with in the area saw a psychiatrist that had been recommended to them and that he was a great psychiatrist and really worked with kids on the spectrum. And I thought, okay, sign me up. So I do think we may have tried another one or two pediatric recommendations from the pediatrician. We're not getting anywhere. He was still on that initial medication that we really were not seeing a difference with. I would maybe see like a two hour window during the day that I felt like he was calmer or had like more focus. Um, but it was fleeting and very quick. So we made an appointment with the psychiatrist that was recommended to us and he was great. He obviously knew his stuff. He didn't just see kids with autism, but he really did have like a a specialty with autism. And he gave me so much information that was really valuable right at that first appointment. And basically, you know, we were going over Logan's whole history, talking about the medications. I told him the medication that Logan was currently on and that dose that we had worked up to. And basically what he told me was that that was a very high dose, like still, still an appropriate dose. But he said that because Logan had autism and not just ADHD and, you know, his, his, the way his brain was wired and just worked differently than a kiddo who only had ADHD, these medicines were going to just affect him differently. And that was what we were seeing. So he said that if a child of, you know, Logan's age and weight, if they were taking the, the dose that Logan was taking at that point, they would be asleep, basically. Like, that's how high the dose was. And for Logan, it was barely scratching the surface. So that was very eye-opening to me because I just thought, okay, this isn't, this medicine like isn't working for him. I didn't realize that it was that much of a, of a difference in terms of like how medications affect different kids with a different diagnosis. And it also, it was, it was good for me to hear that because I was like, okay, I was expecting this to be, you know, a, a process to find the right med, but I was like, we're, I feel like we're kind of in this for the long haul at this point because, again, there's just so much we don't know about autism and just knowing that it is a neurological disorder and the way that different medications affect different kids. And we've seen that with other medications as well with Logan. So we knew at that point, okay, this is this is going to be a process. And I felt really comfortable with this doctor. I really felt like he knew his stuff. So I thought, okay, let's move forward. So he put Logan on a different medication at the time. And again, I think we played with a couple different meds with him. There was one that he was on for, for quite a while, but we did try a couple different um, not again, I told him that the capsules would not work, but we could maybe do a tablet. Logan had done a chewable tablet in the past. And the thing about regular, like just pills, like tablets are that some of them can actually be chewed, even if they're not meant, they're not like a chewable tablet. Obviously they don't, they don't taste great. Um, 
And so we would have to, we'd have to get creative. So what I did a lot of times is I would like hide it in a gummy and Logan would eat that. Or I would like push it into like a Starburst and Logan would eat that. So we tried a few different things, got creative, but then we decided to try a medicine that was a liquid. And I thought, okay, that should be fine as long as it doesn't taste bad. And the liquid that he was taking was kind of like a lemon lime flavor. So I thought, okay, that, that should be okay. He takes like Tylenol or ibuprofen, like no problem. So after trying a couple with him, not really seeing a difference or having a hard time getting him to take it, we switched to this liquid medication and it was, at first it was fine. Logan seemed to be taking it okay and we felt like it was maybe helping. We have seen with many of these medications, at this point he probably had tried like at least five or six different meds and we were maybe like six months into this. Um, we have seen with a lot of different medications where like there's an initial kind of like, as it's like sort of hitting his system, we will see an improvement and we'll think, oh, wow, this seems like it's working. But then like kind of quickly it will go downhill because he, I, I think it's just that initial kind of shock to the system. Like, oh, this is a medicine it's affecting me. But then it's like, he would just so quickly like adjust to this medicine. And then we'd be like, okay, no, it's not working. So there were some that he was only on for like a few weeks and we didn't even necessarily play with the dosing too much because it just didn't seem like it was making a difference. But this particular liquid, it did seem at first like it was making a difference. So we thought, okay, this, this seems like maybe it's helping. We did up the dose a couple times and after probably, I would say maybe like three or four months of, and then also, like I said, up in the dose, not only were we like, maybe this isn't making as much of a difference as we thought, but Logan was having a hard time taking the medicine. He did not, he, he started becoming like really adverse to taking it and was kind of refusing. And with the liquid, it's like, they know it's coming. I would, you know, go to put it, it was in a syringe, go to put it in his mouth and he would just like tape his mouth. I mean, not really tape, but he would just close his mouth as hard as he could and did not want to take it. Um, and that's a horrible feeling to be like forcing your child to take something. So there was several times where he would spit the medication, he would take it and then spit it out right away. And then what would happen is I would have to, you know, get another dose out of the bottle. I think there was one day we did this like four times. So the problem we were running into with that one as well is that we were going through it way quicker than we were supposed to because he kept spitting it out. And it wasn't even that his pediatrician had an issue like prescribing us more because he understood the situation, but our insurance wouldn't cover it because again, a lot of these medications for ADD or ADHD are considered controlled substances. So they have to be prescribed like in, and taken in a certain way. So I would be like, calling our insurance company, explaining this whole situation. This happened a few different times. It was just, it was a headache. It was for sure a headache. So we decided to wean him off that medication and try another one that was a liquid, but it was a little more concentrated. So he wouldn't have to take so much of it. And it was also not, it, it, it didn't have like a flavor to it. So it was definitely more kind of like medicinal, which was concerning, but I was like, okay, if we don't have to give him so much, like maybe this is better. And this was not even necessarily a medication for ADHD. This was in like a totally different kind of class of medications at the time, but his pediatrician said he had seen really good results with this particular medication for kiddos with autism or people with bipolar disorder. Um, and this was one that actually for quite a while did seem to be helping. And again, it was a very, it was a different class of medication. It was actually considered an antipsychotic, which sounds scary when you hear that. Um, but basically it really was just kind of meant to like sort of calm in all areas. It's not necessarily a anti-anxiety. Again, it's not like prescribed, I can't remember what the class is for, for ADHD meds, but it was just a totally different class of medication. And he was like, you know, we've tried these other ones. They don't seem to be making a huge difference. So let's try this one. And he was able to literally take like a, a mil, one millimeter of a dose, or I can't even remember what it was. It was the tiniest little dose. I was like, okay, I feel comfortable with that. Cause again, I don't want Logan on more medication than he needs to be. And I think that's kind of what any parent would say is that, you know, once you make the decision to start meds, that was a question I got asked a ton. How did you know it was time to start meds? I knew it was time because like I said before, 
everything seemed to be getting worse and not better. And I felt like, why are we not helping Logan in this way that is available to us and to him? Why would we not help him if we could? Again, we did think about it for a long time. So it was not a decision we made quickly or without lots of thought and care going into it. But we just knew we were at the point where we wanted to help him. And we thought if this is something that could help, then we're going to do it. So this new medication, the tiny dose of the liquid, again, at first actually really did seem to help. And he was on that medication for a while. He was on that medication for probably, I would say like six months. And I think we upped the dose maybe one time during that time. Um, it might have even been more than six months, to be honest with you. So we felt like that medication was helping. It was just kind of like overall, he seemed like he was more calm and it, we really did feel like it was making a difference. School said the same thing. They thought it was really helping. Again, it was a really small dose, even when we upped it. So we felt like this is great. Well, as those six months kind of wore on, two things happened. One, we, I don't even think we, we might've changed. Yes. I think we did change insurance. So we had to find a new psychiatrist, which was a bummer because I really liked Logan's psychiatrist. Again, I thought he was really knowledgeable and we started to see this medication. We felt like we were like going to need to up the dose again because it was maybe starting to, to wear a little bit. The thing with these meds is that I think it's, it's pretty easy to tell when they are working or not working, when you are in tune with your child, the way that I am with Logan and the way I know so many of you are. Like we are constantly just like studying him. (laughs) And we had seen, and that this medication also was one that he would take at night because it was also supposed to help with sleep. But we were seeing his sleep was becoming more erratic, which that's a constant kind of struggle. Again, something we could do a whole hot topic about. Maybe I will at some point. And where his sleep had been kind of even for a while and this medication seemed to be helping because he was taking it at night, we started to see like a lot of issues with his sleep and it just seemed like we weren't getting anywhere. So I had to find a new psychiatrist. And at the time I was, again, really wanting to find somebody who I felt like understood autism because we were coming from a doctor like that. So I ended up going back to Logan's pediatrician just to refill that prescription kind of in the interim because we didn't know what he needed to be on going forward or if we needed to, uh, again, we just, we needed to find a new psychiatrist. So Logan's pediatrician, because she was really unfamiliar with this med in terms of prescribing it to a child, she did not feel super comfortable even refilling the prescription. Again, this goes back to pediatricians just really having like a basic knowledge of medications for kids, kids with autism in general, or any kind of, you know, diagnosis outside the box of like a typical child. So she did say, she was like, I will refill this one time. Um, but that is, then you have to find another another psychiatrist because she just really didn't feel comfortable even prescribing the med to Logan, which I appreciate where she's coming from. Um, but again, just goes to show this is not something that pediatricians are, are used to doing. So thankfully, I actually got a recommendation through another psychiatrist's office. I, I had had one that I had heard of and I, I called them and kind of explained the situation and they were kind enough to say, we actually don't think we're the right fit for you, but we have another psychiatrist that really has like a uh, expertise in behavioral issues. So, or not, I shouldn't say be- behavioral makes it sound like Logan has like major, uh, really just like anything in terms of like looking at, at at everything as a behavior. This was like her expertise. So really ADHD, not so much autism, but had a a good base knowledge of autism. And I felt comfortable at least, you know, trying moving forward with a psychiatrist. So at that point, we had started to wean Logan off that medication because again, we had just seen that it was, if anything, we needed to, to continue to up the dose. His sleep was becoming more of an issue. And we just felt like, okay, this, again, we're kind of hitting a brick wall, which has happened with several of these medications in the past. So we reached out to the new psychiatrist, had an appointment with her. 
I went over this whole history, which at this point was quite a bit. We were like a year and a half deep probably at this point, maybe even more than that, and told her like, you know, we have like previously tried medications in all different classes. We've had issues with him taking the medication. We've had issues with them working. We've had issues with them working at the time and then wearing off. So with all her knowledge, she said, okay, I want to go back to an ADHD medication. She had a particular one she thought would be good for Logan. It has, you know, little to no effect on appetite. It definitely has a good effect on that kind of calming and just focus, which is what we really were looking for. And we also decided to put Logan on a a nighttime med. So he was now going to be taking two different meds, which like I said, I never wanted to put him on more than he needed. But after explaining the the sleep issues and telling her, like, especially coming off this med, the sleep seemed more erratic than ever. I, I just felt like, okay, I think it's time for us to, A, I felt comfortable. I felt like it was time. I felt like we had really explored a lot of options at this point. And I just really, I trusted her opinion. Again, I felt like she really listened to me, took everything I was saying into account. So we decided to move forward with, yes, a morning medication that was going to help the ADHD and then a nighttime medication that was going to help with sleep. So we started these meds, again, very low doses for both. And right off the bat, the the daytime medicine, we almost thought it was too strong. The first like week or so, Logan definitely, I mean, he was he was like a different kid and not even necessarily not really not in a good way. Manny and I were like, this isn't him. He just seemed more lethargic. He was laying down more. He was definitely calm, but he was just not quite himself. And this was also, this was pretty recently that we started this. It was in November because it was around Thanksgiving. We went to my mom's house for Thanksgiving and my mom, we were all commenting on like, he's, he's like so chill. He's, like too chill. Like he didn't have like that little kind of Logan sparkle that we're used to, but we had just started this med. So we're like, okay, we got to give it, you know, at least a couple weeks to see what happens. So we started that one. And then, like I said, the nighttime medication, the nighttime medication, it seemed to be helping a bit. He definitely was having an easier time falling asleep, but we were still kind of having the issues with him staying asleep. He would still sometimes wake up in the middle of the night or like super early, like four o'clock in the morning and just like be awake. And that was challenging, obviously. So thankfully what happened though, and we've been, we have been seeing her every month since then. We really don't go more than a month because we are just like constantly monitoring these medications. Um, but in that month between the appointments, Logan did really adjust to that daytime med and it felt like we heard like the birds singing, the sun was shining. It really seemed to make a positive difference. He also, like I said, he started this like over Thanksgiving break. He went back to school. I didn't even tell his teachers right away that he was starting a new med. They knew that we'd been on this med journey for a while, but I didn't even tell them because I I like to get their input without like giving them a ton of information sometimes just to see like how things are. Cause you know, when you know something is happening, sometimes you're like, oh, is this working? Like there's like that even though we're, I'm not the one taking it, that placebo effect of like, oh, we just started something. And again, like I said, a lot of times when we first started a medication, we would see a difference and then it would kind of go downhill. But even after like a few weeks up to a month on this, his teachers had sent me notes home commenting like, Logan did awesome today. He was so focused. He got through all of his work. He was able to do it independently. Like we were just seeing some really great positive changes from him. And we felt like, oh my gosh, like, I think we're finally getting somewhere. This is amazing. But we were still having some of those sleep issues. So when we went back for our follow-up appointment, I told his pediatrician or his, his psychiatrist, I was like, I really think the nighttime medicine is good, but could use a higher dose. But the daytime medicine is like amazing. And we are so happy. School is so happy. He was still Logan. He still had his like chipper energy and, you know, wanted to run around and play. But when it was time to focus, he would, when he needed his chill time, he would go to his room, hang out for a little bit. Like just, it really felt like 
oh my gosh, like I think we're really getting somewhere. And like I had said before, the reason why we wanted to start medication was because we wanted to help him just with that regulation, with that overall, like I said, that hyper energy could turn into anxiety. And it just felt like everything we were looking for, we were finally seeing that that difference that like felt really good. We could tell he felt good too. So we decided to up that nighttime medicine just a little bit, keep the daytime medicine at the, at the dose that it was, and it was good. So we did that. And then right around that time, this was like around Christmas time, we started seeing an uptick in Logan's anxiety. And again, we had never done an anxiety med because like I said, I never wanted to give him medicine that we didn't really feel, feel like he needed, but we started to see his anxiety get worse in a way that kind of scared me. There was a couple days in a row, really, that Logan had some pretty intense anxiety attacks. And anxiety attacks for him, they seem to come on very quickly. Sometimes we have a little bit of a tell where he will just sort of get like whiny and kind of start like pacing. But you only have like really, sometimes it will deescalate. Sometimes we can do something else, take him for a car ride, and it will deescalate. But there's kind of a small window to to do that de-escalating before it can ramp up into like full-blown anxiety, which is him like really crying. We call it the sad cry. It's like heartbreaking and he is just distraught and beside himself. And Logan doesn't cry much. Like really the only time he cries is when he's having anxiety or like a true anxiety attack like that. He really doesn't cry like when he gets hurt or anything like that. So seeing him cry is just, it's so heartbreaking. And it is, it's really tough because again, it's like, he can't tell us with, you know, being non-speaking and we try with his device to get him to, to explain, but it's just like in that moment, he's so upset. We can't really get anything out of him. And a couple of these anxiety attacks started to seem, like I said, a little bit scarier and that he was kind of getting like physical. He would always sort of pace. And like I said, it would turn it from pacing and walking back and forth to like running back and forth. But he started like doing this running basically like into the wall to the point where he was like kind of slamming himself into the wall. And he had done this when he was very young before he was diagnosed with autism as sort of like a sensory input thing. Not when he was upset, but more just like he would just like crash into the wall. And it always made me nervous then because I'm like, he's going to hurt himself if he would stop with his wrist. I'm like, he's going to break his wrist. And now it's like he's a much bigger kid. And I was really nervous that he was going to hurt himself. One day too, with his, his running, he like slammed the corner of his hip into the table by accident. He just kind of hit it. But then of course it upset him even more. And it was just really tough. We had a couple of days where it was like taking him for a car ride wasn't working. And I had said to Manny in the past, I think we maybe need to, you know, consider an anxiety med. But like I said, at this point, he was already on two different meds. We were not like in a hurry to get him on another medication. But after these couple of days where it was really bad, Manny and I both agreed, like it's, we really feel like it's time to start an anxiety med. So at our next follow-up with his pediatrician, uh, I keep saying pediatrician, I mean psychiatrist. At his next follow-up with the psychiatrist, I explained to her what was going on with his anxiety. We had talked about his anxiety before, but because he was in kind of a good season with his anxiety, this was like the first time that we were kind of seeing things turn in terms of him having more anxiety since we'd been working with her because this was like a couple months in at this point. So what she suggested and I felt really comfortable with was trying a med that is sort of like an in-the-moment anxiety medication. It's not something that he would take every day. Because again, Logan doesn't have anxiety every day. And this would be something that we could give him like when we were starting to see those kind of tells of him kind of ramping up with his anxiety and hopefully being able to catch it before it turned into full-blown anxiety. But if for some reason it did, like we could still give it to him like if he was having an anxiety attack and it would just kind of help calm him down. It sounds like Xanax. It's not Xanax. I'll just say that. Um, she actually described it as more of like a Benadryl type medicine where it just kind of helps like calm you down when it's like your nerves are like, you know, on a hundred. So again, I felt comfortable with that. I really liked that it was something that he could take in the moment because I did not want at this point he was on a daytime and nighttime medicine. I did not want to add a third into the mix if he didn't need it. So I thought, okay, this sounds good. If it's something that he can take kind of in the moment, that's great. 
So again, started him on a super duper low dose and it seemed like it was helping. He did have some anxiety, um, during that time, but we, and we saw, we saw it make a, a, a small difference where it would kind of like help calm him down a bit. They weren't necessarily escalating just like full blown anxiety. Uh, we did up the anxiety medication once a little more recently. We, we anxiety, we upped the, the dosage once. And once we did that, we felt like it was making a huge difference. And it's at the point now I really want to knock on wood because this is like a, a big, huge thing. But since we have started this, this medication, like I said, at the, it's a little bit higher dose. Anytime Logan has started to have an anxiety attack, it has stopped it like really in its tracks. And that has been so comforting to me as his mom. Cause like I said, I, when I would see him so distraught during these anxiety attacks, it was heartbreaking. Like it took everything I had to not like break down because I was so upset seeing him upset. And then it's like, that doesn't help him. So knowing that we have a medication that we can give him and that really helps him and like takes that like stress away from not just us, but from him is really comforting. And it's just really nice to know that like we can help stop him from having this horrible anxiety because anxiety feels terrible. And I want to stop him from feeling terrible if I can. So that's where we're at right now. He takes a daytime medicine, basically like right in the morning when he wakes up, takes the medicine, takes a nighttime medicine, like half hour, 45 minutes before he goes to bed and then takes the anxiety medication as needed. He can take it every six hours. Really, I, I don't think I've ever given him, maybe I've given him two in a day before. Um, and that's one too that he, like, so there, sometimes there's, I, I give him, you know, two or three in a week if he is having more anxiety. Sometimes I give him once a week. Sometimes we go several weeks without having it. Like I said, we were in kind of a, a little bit of an anxiety season right now. So he has been taking it here and there. Um, It'll be interesting because the last couple years, spring break is when we've seen his anxiety really kind of go up, uh, which is coming up for us. It's right around the corner. It's like a couple weeks away. So I'm really curious to see how he does this spring break. We're not we're not doing anything. We might do like an overnight somewhere. Um, but I, and I don't know what it is. Why? It, it used to be summertime was when we would have anxiety. The last couple summers have been awesome. And springtime is when we see the change in anxiety. And I've heard this from other parents too, that like something in the spring, I don't know if it's like with the pressure change, I have no idea. Somehow springtime is definitely like when we see an uptick in the anxiety. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I will say we did just recently up his daytime medicine um, just a little bit. And he is, he's on a really a pretty low dose of all of these medications. But again, when you find the right medication, at least in our experience, the dose doesn't need to be super high for it to be effective. Like I said, Logan is, you know, he's nine years old. He's young. He's pretty small. It doesn't weigh a whole lot. So he doesn't need to be on this super high dose. Like I said, with that very first medication, he was on a super high dose and it was doing nothing. Whereas now he's on a low dose of these medications and they're helping so much. I will also say these are tablets. These are right. All three of them are regular tablets that Logan just chews up. That sounds really weird. I would not want to do that and chew like a chalky tablet for whatever reason. I think Logan's Pika, he also was diagnosed with Pika when he got the ADHD diagnosis. I think it actually is like a positive in this case because he wants to put everything in his mouth and eat it and chew it. So I think there's some kind of sensory thing that he gets from chewing these tablets. He does not mind it one bit. We actually have not had, again, knock on wood, any issue with him taking any of these medications. He never really has a problem. I will say I do really like stand and watch him taking the medications because I am used to the past where I would sometimes find these little tablets and be like, oh, that little stinker did not take his whole bed. So I will wait until I really hear the crunch of the of the tablet being chewed. But like I said, keep in mind, like you might have to get creative with these things. I have I, I have talked about on the, on the show before how I would like sometimes hide a pill in a Starburst and other parents would say, I did that and it worked really great for my child. Um, so that's where we're at. I have been really yapping for quite a while here. <laughs> um, but like I said, this has been a real journey. It's taken a lot of patience 
it's taken a lot of time and understanding to get to this point, but it really does feel like we are on the other side of things and we are doing something helpful and productive for Logan that has made his life better. And that to me is why we wanted to start medication in the first place and why I'm glad we did because it feels like it took a while to get here, but we finally are here and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I am going to take a quick break and I will come back and answer any questions that I didn't. So like I said, I've been yapping for a while, so I'm going to try to <laughs> try to wrap this up, but stay tuned. Okay, so jumping back in, I think I really mostly covered these questions in the whole kind of journey, like I was explaining before. Um, like I said, the, overwhelmingly, I think the, the main question I got was, at what age did we decide to try? And like I said, that was right when Logan turned seven. When I went to his seven-year checkup, that was when I talked to his pediatrician. That was another question I got was, who prescribed it? If I could give like some advice and I feel comfortable saying this, I would recommend finding a psychiatrist. The reason being psychiatrists are medication experts. I think there's some kind of confusion sometimes when, when you hear like psychiatrist or psychologist, psychiatrists really, their job is to prescribe the medicine. So they just have such a better understanding of the different kinds of medicines, the different classifications, all the different kinds that are out there. Like I said, I was talking to a friend of mine last week who her son doesn't have autism. He has ADHD though. And she was saying that just at his checkup at the pediatrician, they were going over with her, like, you know, just asking like kind of the base questions. This was the nurse actually at the pediatrician's office. And they said, oh, he's taking this medication. And she was like, yeah. And the, the nurse was like, oh, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that. And she was like, why are you surprised? And she was like, oh, well, you know, kids, kids with ADHD usually take this one. And again, it was like a really common medication. And the funny thing is, so she actually sees the same psychiatrist that we do because I had recommended it to her. So the medication her son is on is one that I have heard the name of many times. It's not even like an off the wall medication, but again, it's like these pediatricians and even like the offices in general, because like I said, this was the nurse. They know so little about any of these kind of disorders outside of like a, you know, what a typical kiddo has. And it's, it's funny too, cause it's like autism is obviously it's, you you see plenty of kids with autism, but especially ADHD too. Like these are, these are not like, these are pretty common. So it was surprising to me, but also not at all because hearing, you know, a, a pediatrician nurse say, oh, I'm not, I, that's surprising to me is it just kind of made me laugh. Cause I'm like, yeah, this is like what I have always said and thought is like these pediatricians just don't have enough understanding of kids with, with autism or like any disorder that's like outside of the box. So she said she even went back and talked to the pedi or the, the, the psychiatrist and told her this. And she was like, yeah, that's exactly it is they just have a really kind of baseline view of these medications. And when you see an actual psychiatrist, they just, there's so much more out there that they understand they're well-versed. They just are, they're great. If you can find one that, you know, specializes in ADHD or autism, then like you even have an extra leg up and just do your research. Like I said, our first psychiatrist was recommended by Logan's BCBA. The The next one was when I called a different psychiatrist's office and was just asking questions and they recommended another local psychiatrist to me that is the one we see now that is awesome. So like I said, I, I, I'm hesitant to always give like advice or anything because it's like we all got to do what's best for us and our kids and I don't want anyone to think, oh, Megan did this, so we need to do it. Not at all. But if I have some advice, it would be to actually see a psychiatrist if you are thinking of starting meds. Because I think had we done that, it still would have been a journey. We had a, we had a lot to go through to get here. But I think we could have saved ourselves some, some time and some unnecessary medications. And it's like, what's the point of that? Another question I got a lot was just, how did you decide to do this? What went into making the decision? Again, I think I went over that. That was sort of like all the things that 
that I shared and one person said, how did you decide? I'm really looking into this because my son is struggling. That's exactly, that's exactly why is because we saw Logan was struggling. And like I said, we wanted to do whatever we could to help him. That's always our goal with any kind of therapy, with the medications, with anything, anything we do as a family, any decision that we make. I always want it to be because we are doing what is best for Logan, what is in his best interest. And this actually was something that this friend of mine, we were talking about. Again, her son has ADHD. She was concerned, not not necessarily like in a hurry to start medication. And what the psychiatrist had said to her was, you know, if your son had any kind of different diagnosis, if it was like a medical diagnosis and he needed medication for that, you would give it to him. So in this situation, why would you not? And especially with a lot of times, like with kids with ADHD or autism too, sometimes we do see behavioral problems that they can be, you know, dysregulated and acting out or having, I just recently had um, a mom reach out to me and say that her child was hitting. So again, I put up a, a box asking for advice on that subject. And so many people said it could really be like a sensory issue that is causing him to act out in that way, which is so true. It definitely could be coming from that place. So it's like if if your child is dysregulated and having anxiety or again, the ADHD, if these are things that are like affecting their everyday behaviors and there is a medication that you could give them that would help with that, to me, it just seems like that is the route that we wanted to take because I, I, I think if you, like I, I mean, like I said, if you can help your child, why, that's, that's what I want to do. I get it. Not everyone wants to do medication. I fully respect that. Like I said, we are all on our own journey. Um, I would never want anyone to, to, you know, think that we were trying to like drug Logan or, you know, change him. Not at all. That's definitely not where we were coming from. And that's not even like, like I said, we took a while to decide to make, make this decision to start medications. And it wasn't even like I was concerned about that. I just wanted to wait until we had tried other things. And I knew like, okay, now we could try medication because we know we've, we've exhausted all other areas. And like I said, this is becoming an issue and his anxiety was becoming more of an issue. And I just wanted to do whatever I could to to help him. So I think that's everything I'm going to say on medications. Who knows? We may need to try something new in the future. As with all things on this journey, it is ever-changing. And always having to kind of go with the roll with the punches, it ebbs and it flows. Like I said, we just recently upped his medication for the daytime one. And I will say we're kind of seeing that sort of same thing again, where he seems like even like extra chill to the point where he's like laying down a lot, not falling asleep, but like is tired. We also have the time change this week. So I don't think that is helping, but, and I'm again, keeping an eye on everything, watching him. It does seem like it's been a few days now. And even just like yesterday, he had seemed like he perked up more. Um, but we had seen some of the behaviors and struggles that he was having, especially at school before he even started medication. We were seeing like little kind of glimpses of that. So it wasn't something that we did quickly. We really kind of, you know, waited to see what was the right decision. Then we were like, you know, I think it's time to up the medication. And like I said, when you're in tune with your kiddo, I think you know like when those things are coming. And there's not necessarily like a rhyme or reason to it. You just have to really be like watching watching them and you know we're all like detectives like watching our kiddos especially the ones that are nonverbal and they can't you know tell us what's going on so overall that's what I want to say about medication I hope this was helpful feel free to reach out if you have any other questions or anything like I said if there's another hot topic that you would like for me to cover on the show send it my way if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I always love hearing from you guys. I will say it is much easier if you have something to tell me to send me an email. Um, my messages do tend to get really uh jumbled up and kind of confusing on Facebook and Instagram, especially Facebook. Facebook is, is really the, the, for some reason, like the messenger app is fine, but when you message a page, it's difficult to respond. And 
I don't even know what. And then sometimes for Instagram too, they end up in like another mailbox and I don't see them for like weeks or months even. So if you want to reach me, email really is the best. Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I know I'll, I'll always get those. If I owe you an email, I'm working on the emails. I will get back to you. <laughs> Sorry if it's taken me a while. Um, and again, if you are enjoying the show and you would be so kind to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that really does help for people to find the show. And I just always think if this would be helpful for someone to listen to, I would love for them to be able to find that more easily. So your ratings and reviews mean so much to me. I love reading your kind words. Thank you so much to everyone that has taken the time to do that, but it also really does help other people to find the show. So with all that being said, thank you so much for listening today. That's all for now. And until next time, take care. (music) 